it's time. After seven long months, we finally have our champions in the NPL Queensland, FQPL and NPLW tournaments here in Queensland. Welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It is Adam, Scott and James here. Guys, how are we? How do I get top billing? Uh, alphabetically. <laughs> oh, very good. Are you, are then why were you third? <laughs> because I was working during the final, I'll be honest. <laughs> good to see you again, James, yeah, no, Adam. Good to see you. Good. Oh, I've seen you quite a bit. But... Yeah, just a little bit. Yes, I've... Been, uh, I was occupied with a Brisbane Broncos game on uh, Sunday night when I... Time out. Can we talk about that for just a few minutes? No, this is a Brisbane football review, not the Brisbane Rugby League oh. review. So we'll keep going. But welcome everyone to our NPL Finals recap special. And we're recording on a pretty special day. And I just want to lead off with Brad. Are you okay? <laughs> it, is, of course, it is, of course, the 13th of September. So the NPL uh, tournament's... This year have finished up, and we should offer, first of all offer congratulations to Lions FC in the NPL, Brisbane Raw NTC in the NPLW, and, fin- and finally Peninsula Power for what was just about a perfect season in the FQPL. Well, I think they'll be kicking themselves that Logan Lightning home game early in the season. Because <laughs> you're right, it's the only game they didn't win. That's we'll right. get to them. That's right. So if you have any uh, comments or questions, we're doing this for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Uh, you can get in touch with us Facebook, The Raw Review, which we are still trying to change before Scott says that. We are Twitter at BNE Football. Email is brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Wooshka, Radio Public. Uh, I'm pretty sure Stitcher and TuneIn as well. So we've got a few podcast outlets mm-hmm. for you to listen to. Hopefully that doesn't dilute our audience. At least I hope it doesn't anyway. Oh, so you're looking at me then, were you? Yeah, so I was, was. I was, I was listening as you were reading, you were. Go, going through all the plugs, sorry. <laughs> That's right. So let's get on to it and uh, start off by recapping Sunday's NPL Grand Final, which was pretty much an extra time thriller, Adam. Yeah, look, um, it's uh, it, the two best teams, I believe, um, for the season. I think uh, Clash and I said it was, um, again, another sort of dramatic sort of uh, clients, but it was something, I guess, at the end of the day, it was actually one on the pitch. So I don't think there was too much you know, conjecture. Um, it might, there was a bit of um, bit of drama early uh, with p- potential a potential sort of yellow card, maybe a second yellow card. Um, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, all in all, no, uh, Madley's uh, 95th minute winner was what decided in the end. That's right. It was 2-1-2 Lions FC after the sides finished tied at one after... 90 minutes, and I was uh, watching on the Football Queensland stream with Simon Smell commentating, and well done, Simon. He'll be glad to hear you said that. Yes. Well, you know. Our, uh, what what are we doing? Sometimes occasional yeah. contributor here. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, that's right. and friend of the show. So. Someone, someone who I think has been on as much as I have this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, start off talking about the atmosphere in the ground, because... From what, from my vantage point, it looked full. There was a good contingent of Olympic supporters making a bit of noise as well. So, talk us through it, Scott. They were there 
before the warm-ups even started, those Olympic fans. And they did not stop until, what, midway through extra time, Adam? It yeah. would have been the second half of extra time when they lost a bit of steam. But they were fantastic behind the Northern End down there. And it's We don't see that much in the MPL active support. I know the West Pride have the pit, but this was on another level. So absolutely congratulations to anyone at Olympic who put that together. It was yeah. it fabulous. It really added to the occasion. It was really good. It yeah. certainly... And, you know, I should also just point out, Olympic, phenomenal uniform. Yeah. Like, their away kit is excellent. Yes. Yeah, no, it's quite good. But yeah, no, um, it was a call to arms that we were told uh, midweek on that, and obviously they responded. And yeah, it was, it's probably yeah for a local game, um, definitely one of the more uh, cracking atmospheres, I'd say. And you know, I guess the, the the ground itself at Lions also lends to it, you know, being sort of the the big giant leagues club on one side, and it really sort of captures the noise. So it it really was a uh, an occasion. They did have a section at the FFA Cup game Olympic, but this was on another level. It was really good. Yeah, definitely. Well, grand final brings out the best yeah. in a lot of people, and it sounds like the supporters were one of those groups. The Lions fans were very good as well before they get angry. Yeah. It was actually it was a really no. it was a really big crowd there on Sunday. There would have been at least two and a half, three thousand people there. When you could, I assume on the live stream you could see all the people on the um on the car park looking yeah. down. So it was a really good crowd. Yeah, we, we, did, we there wasn't actually an official uh, attendance because it was actually free entry. So, but look, we, we, we estimate it would have been uh, over two, maybe even pushing 3,000, yeah. you know, at, at the game. So that, that's, you know, that's great for, for local mm. football. And for me, what I quite liked is the fact that, you know, I went to the Western Pride Grand Final last year and both times, like, they've done a really good job turning this into an event. So, even if you might not necessarily be tied to a specific club, you can go and enjoy the game. And no, it's, it's, I think it, while it didn't have the sort of the drama as far as you know, the last two, you know, grand finals, it's still um, it still is up there with best. I think I think the league is getting better and better. So I think that's that's good signs for the future. That's it. And the visitors got off to a really good start as well. Uh, early goal from Steve White. Yes, the Olympic were really good in the first half. Now, they probably could have been up two or three goals with the opportunities that they were able to open up. There was one really good chance for Nazri, about half an hour in from the six-yard box, I, right in yeah. front. He could have, that would have been massive if that goes in 2-0. I might have yelled at the computer screen when I saw <laughs> that happen. Yes, Olympic were actually really good in the first half, and it was not surprising because we'd seen them play really well. But Lions, it was probably one of their flatter first half I've seen from them. They did not really see themselves. Do you think that could have had anything to do with the, the way they qualified for the grand final with the 120 minutes? Possibly. All, all the busy schedule they've had has obviously had a massive impact on them. 90 minutes midweek, a week and a half ago against, or two weeks ago now against Adelaide. Not 120 minutes against Morton Bay, then another 120 minutes against um, Olympic at the weekend. But they actually ran out the game better. They got better as the game went on. It kind of flipped the way you would expect Olympic to continue. They seem to be the side who who flagged a bit towards the end. Yeah, I also think missing Tommy Tommy Gerrard in the, in the hard defence might have also thrown him off a little yeah. bit. Obviously, he was he was suspended after that red card in the Morton Bay semi final. That and that real and while and while Nathan Reardon, he he obviously is an accomplished uh, replacement. It's sort of that rhythm, you know, of you know of Brindle South, you know, Simich. You know, Jarrah would have been there, and Thompson, that back four, um, that only conceded 11 goals all season. That they, did, they did look a bit shaky, a bit sort of, um, yeah. sort of not unknowing what to do. I think also Olympic attacked that, and I think that's what really sort of set off the first, was the first start of the game. They also were able to push the fullbacks back in the first half, which is really what helped Lions, because Lions, their fullbacks, Thompson and Brindle South, when they get forward and put crosses in, they're highly dangerous. 
And they weren't able to do that as much in the first half as they have done all season. Yeah, so you can credit Ben Khan for coming in with a game plan because we said that unlike their semi-final against Western Pride, where they, from what from all reports, they were very, very flat. Uh, they they came out firing that first half and then yeah. with a game plan. The other thing they were able to do is they were really trying to condense the space in the middle as well. So while they were keeping the fullbacks back, they were also condensing the space to stop them playing through the middle. It was really effective. All right, so went into the break at... 1-0 to Olympic FC, but then Lions pulled out a set-piece to level through that man again, Nathan Reardon. Yeah, Lions have got one of the best set-piece takers in the league, Nandy Thompson. It was a fant- He's put in a lot of good crosses, and this was another excellent one, right to the near post. And Nathan Reardon with a good run, near post flick on, good header. Celebrates in front of the Olympic fans, which was interesting. I'm sure it would have gone down. <laughs> well, well, given the fact that they've given him... no yelling or bad well, words. They gave him a bit of a hard time in the first half. He had a bit of a slip for the first goal, but he certainly got his own back. Certainly. Mm. So. And then, so no winners in uh, 90 minutes. So, let me try that again. No winners in 90 minutes, so it wound up uh, going to extra time. Yeah, I was looking at me, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I should pay more attention to you, shouldn't we I? We are actually sitting at the same table. Yeah, I know. Sure I was looking, I was looking at Adam then. <laughs> no, you're right. did go in at um, one all extra time. And I'll, the last, when the equaliser went in midway through the second half, it kind of petered out into a bit of an arm wrestle with neither side on top, bit of a midfield battle, a couple of half chances for both sides, but nothing... Nothing really major. We were both sitting there kind of thinking it's um, going to be one moment here. And it was, fortunately for Lions, it was them who popped up with a corner. Yep. And uh, Marek Madel was the man that yep. scored the winner. Yeah, Ma- Madel, Madley with the... Madley, sorry. Madley with the corner, with the, cro- with the um, header in after a good cross from Nathan Shepard. It was another, probably, I think Olympic would be a bit disappointed with the defending on the goal. To get a free header, relatively free header on the edge of the six-yard box for the main, main number nine, it was... Maybe not the best defender, but it was a good header. It was a good header. Look, I actually just mentioned Nathan Shepard. He was really good when he came on. He, yep. he started off the bench and he came on for... He was Jason McQuarrie. He was McQuarrie. Uh, late, late in the first half. And that's, that was actually the game start to shift after Olympics were dominated. And he came on and basically sort of gave him a lot more poise down that left mm-hmm. that that left wing. Whereas, you know, McQuarrie, that the front three sometimes with Lions you know, with Makwase, Madley and Slozano. It sort of is like almost like you've got three strikers yep. in a way trying to try and play four positions. But Shepard has sort of turned to a genuine winger and I think he really sort of changed the game the way he sort of he played and like I said he he was um, the one who put in the uh put in the corner for the for the winner. Yeah, Adam's right. When Shepard came on about ten minutes to go in the first half, that's when Lions started to get a little bit more control in the game. It was he played very well, quite direct down the left-hand side, giving a different problem to what, as Adam alluded to, with the three up front. Well, that's the one thing that stood out for me when I watched Lions this year is how he's he does seem to be much more comfortable going through the middle rather than trying to play out wide. Mm. So having that width would have obviously helped. Right, so then uh, Olympic had about, what, 25 minutes to chase a winner. Unfortunately, there was nothing to come of it. Yeah, it was... Um... It was, we always said that we, we sort of were floating around a stat where they only in the league once um, lines considered two goals, and that was all the way back in April. Um, yes, they did. Yes, they did in the cup game. Yes. As pointed out. Two, as yep. pointed out very quickly by <laughs> our good friends at uh, Olympic. But um, in in the league itself, um, yeah, they they ain't really considered you know two goals. I once so look. It was always going to be a tough round ask. eleven against Gold Coast back yeah, in April of all of all teams. So, so yeah. So it was always going to be once once Lions put their head in front. It was always going to be hard to peg back. But no, look, Olympic tried, and um, at the end of the day, they, while they were beaten, like they, they 
they should be proud of themselves. It was a it was a fantastic effort, but you know, at the end of the day, the Lions I think were the be- better team. You know, not only just in that game, but for the season. They went with that age old tactic of put the big center center back up front and bring the ball forward and try and get second ball. It actually worked not too bad actually. They got a couple of half opportunities out of it, just not enough. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with the big centre back up. Front. I didn't say anything wrong with it. It's, it's the age-old tactic. I remember Christopher Samba doing that for Blackburn. And... Hey, that worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Harmel Harm- also worked. Yeah. yeah. All right. So for, uh, we're going to go to some post-match audio, and we're going to start off with uh, Lions coach Warren Moon. That's how you want it, isn't it? <laughs> we're joined now by Championship winning coach Warren Moon. Warren, congratulations. Thank you. That was a tough game for yourself, so I'm sure you weren't expecting anything different. Oh, it was a grand final. We expected nothing less. We knew Olympic had prepared well all week. They had the perfect run into this game. Um, for us, it was slightly different. We had a backlog of games, 120 minutes last week. We had 10 men for most of it. So we knew what was coming. What we probably didn't know is how dominant Olympic would be in that first 45 minutes. Um, but like I said to our players at halftime, I said it's great they're only 1 0 down still in the game and there, are, there, were, there were certain things that we could have fixed to uh, try and get back in the game and we certainly did that. So you did, did you make some changes at halftime about the way you set up? Uh, not the setup, just more about uh, little tweaks in our, in our structures about what we had to do better because um, we felt we were second best in pretty much all areas across the park defensively and with the ball. Um, so we felt we had to do, uh, obviously fix that. Slight, slight tweaks, but again, just uh, a, just a reminder of what we've done well this year to the playing group and, and what we need to do if you want to beat the Olympic. You mentioned the busy fix schedule you had. Did, did, were you concerned going into extra time with another 30 minutes that your players might run out of legs? Or? Not really. I thought as much as we had a heavy schedule, we're a fitter team than them. We've got younger, more mobile, fitter players, and, and they look to be the ones fatiguing as the game went on, uh, our boys were tired, but they kept finding reserves of energy to keep going. And like I said, as, as they fatigued, we got more uh, opportunities. And whilst I, I still thought they probably had a good foothold in the game, we certainly more than matched them and, and created plenty of chances. What does this mean for the club, guys, to first year into the NPL to win a double? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you, you obviously set your targets and you want to try and be successful. All clubs do, and people are no different. You know, we. We wanted to win things this year and be successful, and that's what we've done. So, um, full credit to our playing group for the way they've uh, conducted themselves all year, and this is just reward for a, a great season. Are you confident of keeping this group together? Looking forward to next season? I'd like to. I think the hardest part in, in Brisbane is there's so many outside factors, you know, interstate, um, other things as well. If we can keep this playing group together, I think we can try and, uh, and be up around the top for the next couple of years. So the season in Queensland is finished now, but for you it's not over with the national finals who's coming against Edgeworth next week. Have you even started looking at that game yet? I'm not even worried about that game. I am uh, <laughs> I'm mentally fatigued after the last few weeks we've had. I'll probably wait till Monday, Tuesday to, to start addressing Edgeworth and we'll, uh, we'll start prepping for there. How important is it for the club again on the national stage to make a market there? Oh, massively important. You know, we... Um, we want to be successful, we want to be uh, put our names out there and there's, there's a prize at the end of this uh, national, NPL National Final Series. You can qualify directly to the round of 32. So who wouldn't want to try and have a go with it? We, uh, we know if we win three games, we get that prize and so we're going to have a crack at it. Good luck with that and congratulations on tonight's to win. Thanks boys, cheers. That was uh, Lions coach Warren Moon in a very good mood and now we're going to go to look Luke Borian on the field after the match. Luke, congratulations on the win. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, no, it was a good game. Yes, it was a great. It was actually a tough game for you as well. What sort of game were you expecting going into it? Obviously, you've played Olympic three times before this season. Yeah, well, we were expecting obviously a, a physical match, um, and 
and that's what it ended up uh, being, especially in extra time. Um, obviously, they came out, um, you know, really trying to push forward um, and get that goal. Obviously, we got the goal and um, first before them, and then we were just, you know, hanging on a bit of game management. And um, but we were re really expecting a, a physical side, and, and that's what they produced tonight. And you feel, I think you made a couple of really important saves in the second half. You talk us through them, particularly the one from Jez Loftus at point, point blank range. Yeah, look, they, they, at the end of the day, it comes down to a bit of reaction, and um, he put it in a nice. Um, saveable height, which is nice and high, so it was um, fairly easy to get to. Um, I was saying to the guys before, sometimes you know you can pull off a good save and make a silly error for the for the first goal that, that they scored. So um, the good always comes with the bad. As the players just won the grand final, how much does this mean to to pick up the trophy? Oh, I think it's more of a club thing. The the, the club coming into the um, into the NPL for its first season now, and obviously to be the premiers and then also grand final winners really shows how much they've invested into them and how how much the guys were behind it. Um, obviously, this is my second time round uh, winning. Uh, winning the the premiership and the and the grand final, so um, nothing gets taken away from the first one, but you got to enjoy the second one too. Well, so the, the regular season's finished out, all the seasons finished out. We've got the NPL finals coming up. How important is that for you and the club? Yeah, no, really important. Obviously, um, again, we we get to go onto the national stage uh, again. Um, obviously, up against um, Edgeworth next week. Uh, obviously, here at home, so we've got the home uh, advantage again. So um, we're obviously looking to to move forward and, and go through that tournament. Obviously, get that berth, automatic berth in the round of 32 for next. Do you know much about Edgeworth or are you looking into that during the week? Uh, no, we'll look into that during the week. We haven't done much. We're obviously focusing on Olympic tonight. Um, I'm sure uh, Mooney and the guys will have something, um, video analysis on them from their last couple of games and, and we'll look into that and see how they play and, and where we can break them down. Uh, obviously, it's so next week that um, we can come out and, and put a performance on um, for our home fans again. Well, best of luck with that and congratulations on tonight. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And now we're going to go to the man who scored the match winner, Marek Mudley. And now we're joined now by the Lions striker, Mark Madel. Mark, congratulations on the win. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's always great to win the grand final, you know, doubling the first season in NPL. Um, something clubs don't do every year, you know. Uh, you can see in the playoffs, playoffs are really tricky um, because not, I, I don't remember first team ever win the uh, win the grand final. You know, it's it's always harder for the first team because uh, there was the pressure on them during the season and finals are just something on the top, you know, something extra. So it's great achievement, yeah. So you joined the Lions mid-season. What's it like just to be joining halfway through and winning a championship so soon? It, it's always hard, you know. It's all, always hard. I'm not the, the biggest fan of um, moving the clubs through the season happened to me once it wasn't the best experience but look this this year has been like a fairy tale you know I, I came in um, scored 19 20 goals so far we won the league we won the grand final I scored a winning goal in the grand final what, what, what more can I ask for you know it's, it's, it's been amazing coming to the club like this you know the, the most professional club in, in our league it's it's great yeah it's you mentioned the winning goal can you talk us through so uh, I believe it, it was a corner in, uh, in the second um, second extra time and um, Nathan Nathan Shepard who came on and had a great game put a cross in and uh, I was I, I love scoring headers and uh, the ball went just in the right right height and uh, just got in and got a really good connection and just I saw just saw it pass through through the uh, bodies and you know started celebrating there. So attention now for the Lions turns to the national final system. You unfortunately missed out in the FFA Cup. Are you looking forward to testing yourself Abs on the absolutely, national stage? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, <clears throat> season's been long, but this is this is something extra for us, you know. And we 
we uh, we really enjoyed the, the cups. We really enjoyed the, the experience in FFA Cup nationals, first time for us. And you know, um, there's a motivation for us. If we if we win it, we uh, win the last 32 of FFA Cup next year, so we can save us legs during the season next year, which is important. You know, so we we really have to be switched on. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. So I think I think Lions are pretty happy with that. I want to talk about now Marek Mudley and. How good of an acquisition was he for Lions? Oh, unbelievable acquisition when you think about it. 19 goals from the midway point for Lions. I think 24 for Holland Park in the FQPL. So it's an unbelievable return for a striker. And it's actually when he joined Lions, it was when they really started to take off. They were kind of mid-tab, not mid-tab, but they were like in the top four, but just... They just, pulled away from the pack. Yeah, they started, that's when they started to really push away when he joined it. So I think it was both him and Alex Smith... When those two strikers joined the Lions and Olympic midway through the year, that's what set those two sides apart. Yeah, no, look, I was going to say the exact same thing, is that that basically, if you want to talk about um, season-defining acquisitions, you know, Madley for Lions, Smith for Olympic, I think both clubs at the time, while they were in the they were in the reckoning, they weren't scoring as many goals at the moment. Like Western Pride was still scoring for fun almost. Um, they look. They look at the favourites. When those two players signed for the respective clubs, that what's changed the game, and, that, and that's I said the two best teams, you know, of the season. Certainly, and you know, I think also back to Pride last year. It seems like mid-season recruitment is more important than anything for these clubs. Well, aside from playing well, obviously. It's actually really interesting because last year Western Pride won it with a really young, almost homegrown team, average age something like twenty twenty-one. This year, it's the, the two sides who um who went out and acquired the top players, made big mid-season acquisitions you made it to the grand final. So I think you can do things both ways. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Because there's two ways you can go about it. You can go with that approach, or you can go with the uh, building from youth in your area, which a number of clubs are doing. I just yeah. remember with Pride, like they had the guys like Crestani and yeah. stuff that came from the Raw Youth yeah. setup. Yeah. But, yeah. That, but, but that, then again, that... For, if we're talking about last year, quickly, um, with Western Pride's championship run, it was the acquisition of... Cam Cristani and also Harry Sawyer yeah. who end up then going on going to the Philippines um, to play yeah. I'd say left bats for a professional contract um, so so yeah look I think you know mid, mid-season mid acquisitions is, is almost the way going and they have in the last two seasons now I believe they have been you know championship winning moves yeah in fairness Sawyer was gone before the final started <laughs> yeah. But, either yeah, I get your point but the point like for me it's just a case of, you need to have a good side but it seems like to really make that difference, you need to do a bit of shrewd business in the middle of the year. I don't know, that's what I've noticed. Anyway, we should also say uh, well done to the semi-finalists, Western Pride and Moreton Bay. And yeah, we should also say a big thanks to all the clubs that we've visited this year. I think we've gotten to most of them in southeast Queensland. And thanks to them for the hospitality and access and putting up with us in general, because... <laughs> When we're at the games, we tend to get a bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little um, bit. Yeah. Usually, oh, look, yeah. usually my doing. Yeah, but... yeah the, the clubs have been great. You know, the access to players, the coaches, you know, just the general hospitality. You know, we, we, have, our, we have our favourites. We won't mention on the show, but uh, look, um, yeah. Look, to and all, I'm sure all, that... To all the clubs, um, yeah, look, we, we, we're appreciative of it. I'm sure the clubs have, you know, their favourites too, and they're you too. <laughs> no, and if the clubs want to know who the favourites are, ask Adam. Because <laughs> he just said that. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. Yeah, we've already uh, picked up enough from your implications over the last couple of years, Scott. Same word. <laughs> That's it. So we're already looking forward to NPL 2019, mm, where there yep. will be a 15-team, 30-week season, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in segment yep. three. Right now, we're going to take a little bit of a break because I want to get a coffee. So we'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. Are you okay, Brad? 
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review NPL Finals Recap Special. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And we've got a few more games to talk about. Aside from the uh, Senior Men's Final, we've also got the NPL Queensland Women's one. Now, Brisbane Raw had a team in this one. So, Adam, can you take a guess at what might have happened? Given that it's a Brisbane Raw side? Well, like I said, it's it's funny that it's it's Brisbane Roar name, but um, to be don't honest, ruin the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just let me have this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say that um, they didn't seem to get much recognition until they actually made the grand final. Well, I know we've been fine all season, but <laughs> but um, yeah. Yes. But so there, there are. I'm told there are reasons for that. But, there's a raw. Do you want me to answer your question? Yes, thank question? you, Scott. Okay. Please. It was typical raw fashion, wasn't it, with the late winner? Exactly. Thank oh, you. you're welcome. Ah. You're welcome. Sorry, I uh, completely missed that. Are you okay, Adam? Yeah, apparently not. I missed the, missed the joke. I just went and got a coffee. Do you want one for yourself? <laughs> That's all I get for missing production. There's no then. caffeine in that, clearly. <laughs> anyway, so yes, late uh, winner for a Brisbane Raw side from Sean Fryer, 87th minute, and another trophy for one of the best clubs in Australia, I'd say. Fair? I'll, I'll buy that. I'm, I'm wearing bright orange while I say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh, out of the gap. Uh, I believe they were the defending. They, they yeah. lost the grand final last year they to Ken the Howard, didn't they? In, yeah, yep. so it's the second, the second uh, consecutive year where they've they've lost it late. Um, I remember 12 months ago, Pen Power. It was an extra time, wasn't extra, it? Yeah. An extra time winner. I think it was like the 119th minute or something. So, yeah, it seems... It seems I actually think we were luck. recording during that last we year. Were, yeah. We were. We were actually watching on your on your screen when it, when it happened. There we go. This was a very even game, actually, watching it on uh, on our devices over at Lions before the men's final. This was a very even game. It wasn't many chances in it, but it was very even. It between... feels like both teams were having to work really hard yeah. to get anything from it. They were clearly the two best sides of the season in the NPL Women's. They both had long, unbeaten runs, which illustrates that. So it was a very even game. And congratulations to the young girls, because a team of 16-year-olds, basically, competing in the senior competition. And to win it was fantastic. Yes, absolutely. And... Because it was sixteen, cause it's a group of sixteen-year-olds. There is a lot of, I suppose, potential yeah. for the future as well. Because you do kind of look at it, and you can't help but think, okay, how many of these players can graduate up to the W League? Oh, look, I reckon there might be a half a dozen at least mm-hmm. that it could be, you know, that could be A League players. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, W League players, I should say. Um, look, and I reckon there might be a couple, and that could be future Matildas. I think. Um, yeah, I know Mel Andretta. I think she's got a high opinion of a few. I know Holly Palmer, especially, who she's already gave time last season to. Yeah. I think we'll see her again in the yeah. squad. I think, you know, if this upcoming season, there's a few others yeah. coming through. Um, India Page Riley, yeah. um, look, I, I've got a big opinion of. I think she's going to be, yeah. she could be anything. Um, and yeah, look, and, and there's another, I was like, the, the Frysis as well. Obviously, they, they had to hand the winning goal. The other thing is, Adam mentioned Holly Palmer. That's the only player who played W League previously. In that team on Sunday, it was, she was the only player who played in a W League. And it was like two minutes in a substitute mm. appearance. I think it was round one. So it's not a team of W League players dropping back into the NPL. It's a, it's a completely different team. And the other thing that came out after that is, there's a, we all know about the Raw Academy on the men's side, but they've, they've um, actually teed up one on the women's side as well for 13, 14, 15, and 16-year-olds to feed into this team. So they're going to have an academy... On both sides. I believe it's run through the Brisbane Raw, NTC, Football Queensland pathway. So 
But it's good that there is a pathway there now for players to feed into this team and then through into the W League. So we've got academies on the men's side, academies on the women's side, yep. Melbourne Victory just rubbing their hands together at their future <laughs> Absolutely they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to go now to audio from Anna McGrath. Thanks to FQ for get, sending this through to us. So here's the audio now. First off, congratulations on winning the 2018 MPLW Queensland Grand Final. Big achievement for the team. Yeah, thanks. It was real, it was so tough, especially for the last few minutes. You know, we were struggling, but we just kept our composure and just kept going strong. And yeah. 87 minutes before the first goal, how did the team rally around each other to get to that point? So we just um, told you know just keep playing how we play, keep playing the ball quickly from left to right, and just having fun. Make sure you have fun. It's our last game, you know, so make the most of it really. How was the team leading up to this game? What was your week like? Uh, so we just kept training real hard, um, making sure you know we don't get injured, making sure we keep hydration up, having a positive mentality and um, getting ready for the big game, which was tonight, and it was a great turnout. How's the celebration going to be like tonight? Oh, it's going to be good, you know. Going to be um, having a feed up there, um, gathering around everyone and having a good laugh. Uh, congratulations on winning the 2018 MPLW Grand Final. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thanks to FQ for that audio as well. Uh, we haven't really got much to add about that one. So Congratulations we... to the Raw NTC. It was a great season. Yes. And, and commiserations to the Gap as yep. well. Like they, Again, they were probably the, be, the best yep. better team. And it just it just shows that sometimes it's... Um, and they, and they are yep. they, they're the premiers. Yep. But it just shows in these one-off games, sometimes anything can happen. And... Um, and yeah, they so have been the standard bearers in the MPL women's for, for a long time. For the whole time it's been the MPL, so. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to Saturday night by going mm-hmm. back in time somehow and talk about the FQPL Grand Final, which was won by Peninsula Power because they've done that pretty much all year <laughs> yeah. winning football games. It was 2-0, uh, a double for Dean Briggs in the 21st and 34th minutes put the game away. And the scary thing is I don't think they got out of second gear for 90% of the game. Yeah. The parts that I yeah, saw it was it fairly... Was... I don't want to say pedestrian in a bad way, but... But look, Dean Briggs had a really good game. His first goal on the volley was fantastically taken. It was a good crossing from Josh Woolley as well. The second goal was maybe not the best defending, but a really good skip around the right back and a nice finish into the bottom corner. But there wasn't really much else to write home about about this game. Peninsula probably had a couple of chances to win 3 or 4 nil, but they still it was very, very comfortable for them, it, as it has yeah. been pretty much all season. It did certainly, the bits that I saw, it did really look like it was, you know, Class A, Class B yeah. side. Nothing against East, it's just Penn Power have been that far ahead of everyone. Look, I, I got a feeling that East, they, they tried a different game plan, though, because last time they went to AJK Park, they got spanked 6-1. I don't, I don't think they were they were wanting to be embarrassed yeah. again, so they really played a very different style, like, almost like a sort of a counter-attack, almost disruptive style, try and maybe unsettle... Uh, power, which lasted about 20 minutes. Um, fortunately, the right back for um, East had God, an absolute... Try and pronounce his name, oh, <laughs> John Louise. John, sorry, I, sorry, I apologise. I just, yeah, it's I'm not, not easy I'm trying not to pronounce try people's names, is it? His no, surname, but he had an absolute nightmare trying to guard um, Dean Briggs, and yeah. he, he actually got pulled after the second goal, I think, as sort of as a reflection of um, sort of just, yeah. I guess, the gap there. But, um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, it was really... Really, Pen Power's um, final lose. They they were two 0 up by half time. They were never really any bother after that. The unfortunate thing for East is they had real big firepower up front with your heel, Shoal, Jordan Freeman, the captain, and um, Abraham Yango. They just couldn't really 
get them involved in the game in dangerous areas enough to create opportunities that just it wasn't their day, unfortunately. And I think that's the most young, underrated thing for Peninsula Power was that um, their, their back four, like Lions in the MPL men, um, they were pretty dominant all season, you know, 17, 17 goals they could see it. And considering that, you know, I'd say that, you know, likes of uh, Richie Herlin uh, and Alex Worrelow to a point, you know, later in the season, they, they're not your typical, they're makeshift. <laughs> Alex Worrelow so. is certainly not a right back. <laughs> yeah, and even, even <laughs> uh, with, with Trent McAvoy, he's been, he's been away um, last couple of weeks. He, he missed um, last uh, couple of games in his final series as well. So they were really a makeshift yeah. back line. They, they still did the yeah. job. They did. Fair enough. All right, so now we're going to go to audio from Peninsula Power coach Aaron Phillip. We'll be back after this. All right, we're joined now by the championship winning coach, Aaron. Aaron, congratulations, Aaron. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, how did you think your side performed tonight? Oh, it was a tough game. He, he set out to, to frustrate us, and they did a really good job. Um, boys dug in. We, we got tired towards the end, I thought, and um, about digging a little, dig a little deep, but they did well. Having wrapped up the premiership so early and on the promotion, how important was it to finish on such a positive note this year? Uh, I don't know. The boys have been um, motivated the whole way through. Um, even when we won it, they, they wanted to keep going and they set out the start of the season to, to sort of go undefeated and hats off to them, they did it. And then tonight, yeah, I suppose it was important that to, to win 24 straight and then to make the grand final. It would have been a shame to lose tonight. So they did a fantastic job in winning. Two fantastic goals. Like how important is Dean Briggs to your side? Oh, Briggs, yeah, he's, he's very important. He's a, he's a goal scorer. He's a match winner. Um, the defensive side of his, his game has improved so much and he, he's given us the whole package. He's, he's a very good player for us. And just by looking ahead to next year, how confident are you of, of when you step up into the MPL of performing well? Uh, I think we showed in the cup games that we can perform against the, the MPL teams. Obviously, it's another step up and we're, we're probably going to work on a few things, but I think we can be competitive up there for sure. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. All right. So that was Aaron Phillip. And we kind of want to move on from that now and talk about how Lead on, lead off with that, and talk about how. How do you think they're going to go in uh, NPL Queensland next year? It's a very interesting question. A lot of people are highly confident they'll rocket up into the top six. So I'm, I think they probably will, but I think it'll be more difficult than a lot of people think because there's a big quality jump from FQPL to the NPL, and I do think that while they did beat Strikers, they did also get found out by Lions. So I think it could be, it might take them a few weeks to find their level, but I think they'll be, they'll certainly do. They won't be any worse than mid-table, put it that way. But I think they've got the talent to do better. It'll I feel just like take they've got the quality to contend. Yep. At least, you know, they're going to be comfortable and survive. But I... oh, They'll survive comfortably. It's just how high up the table they can finish. I I'm, I think we, the three of us can all think of one person who's sure that they're going to run the table in NPL next year. But... <laughs> no, even even he's not as... Actually, to be honest, he's actually not that... Um, he's not... Like, see, he thinks that they're probably top six. But uh, yeah, like I said, but mind you, there is a certain ranking system that uh, out oh, there has no. gone the early crow, and uh, they actually, ha- they actually, uh, Peninsula Power yeah. actually ranked the third highest Queensland team behind the Raw, Brisbane Raw, A League, and Lions. I, I don't know if they're that yeah, good. I think, I, 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 I think they're a great side, but oh, I think uh, I Olympic might be a bit. I think you've just exposed the flaw in that ranking system, by the way, when the FQPL champions are ranked higher than the. MPL runners up. I think that's a little bit out of kilter, but anyway. Yeah, but look, I I certainly think I think they'll they'll be contending if all be, all being well. Obviously, injuries are gonna and squad management's gonna be a play partner. But I actually think overall it's going to be um, 
it's going to be a real tight battle down for those top spots. I think there's a couple of teams this season that underperformed. I reckon that will be back sort of in the mix. And, you know, as for, say, something like East, I think them surviving relegation might be a good thing yeah. for them next season. But, they're, they're, but then again, they've still got some decent players. And if they retain them, look, you, n- you never know. They might even be sort of... Calling it a lot finish above Sunshine Coast. <laughs> well, that's one. <laughs> Yeah, I think that'll be a fun uh, game to make sure we're around for when (laughs) Sunshine Coast play Pen Power in East. Off you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, if we'll send you to that game, will we? If Mum and Dad are listening, I'm coming up to visit that weekend by the sounds (laughs) of it. So, anyway. You can be our Sunshine Coast correspondent if you like. Yeah, but that means I've got to live up there. No, you've just got to go and visit. That means I've got to go visit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. I I, I do think that. There are two sides that are going to be well worth watching next year. I can easily see both of them finding ways to pull out enough results to survive. But, yeah, I don't know. Power, maybe not title contenders, but I would not be surprised to see them in and out of the finals. I think they'll build into being a title contending team. It just might not be this upcoming season. It might take them a year. I feel like for them, anything anything above top seven would be... Really, really good season. You remember also Gold Coast Knights are coming in and they look like they're going to be very strong as well. And they, we could say the same thing about them. Will they also? That's why top seven to would start be as well. Good, yeah, because yeah. it's not as though. I, I think it's fair to say Pen Power firing away the best side in FQPL, oh, whereas yeah. now they're going to be facing sides that are on their day probably at or above but, their level. Yeah. But as um as Aaron Phillips said in the in the interview, um look they they, they match up they match up well against you know a Morton Bay you know Western Pride you know they, so they, they've done it in they've done it in the cup in the last two years yeah. obviously let, lest we forget that they actually made it through the round of thirty two so look I I picked them you know probably top six or seven um it, but then again it could very very go south very quickly if they have you know a spate of injuries and and whatnot or the sides that are currently in MPL strengthen up even further and that may that may change the balance but look I think right now I think they'd be they'd be well in, in the hunt that's it alright that's going to wrap up what's been a pretty fun local season all around yeah. I'd say mm. it's been, been, been great, great fun yeah I, I just want to you know go back and do some memories for a little bit and talk about I remember in June the uh, games that were on with the Socceroos that everyone was panicking going how are we going to watch the Socceroos how are we <laughs> yeah. going to watch the Socceroos and in a brilliant move, they pushed all the games forward. Well, they wanted crowds they had to, yeah. to be fair. But no, there was a couple of really good games throughout the season that were fantastic. And if you haven't been down to see much MPL, you should, because the yeah. quality is very good. And There's plenty of players at that level who can step up. And the, even though it does get cold in on those June nights, it is actually well worth going oh, out yeah. there, because there's just something kind of fun about it. Oh, it is. Look, and that's, that's the thing, is that the... That and as you're seeing in the FFA Cup, you know these sides are not that far away from you know I guess I guess you know an A-League side that's just coming into pre-season. So and like I said, I think the quality is going to get better over the coming years. And um, look, I think it's certainly well worth you know getting down there and checking out, especially with the longer season next season yes. for the MPL anyway. Certainly. All right, we'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam. Uh, you can get in contact with us, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is The Raw Review, which we're working on changing, Scott. Twitter is at BNE Football. And our podcast, you're listening to us on one of 
iTunes, Wooshka, Stitcher, Radio Public, and I'm fairly certain TuneIn as well, I think. Yeah. And I've got to remember all these new names now. You could write it down, I reckon. I probably should, I mean, We should yeah. maybe add one or two more as well, just for more variety. I think we need to update uh, the cards, I think. Waiting on that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we've got a few of those going on. But um, So for our third segment, we've talked a lot about local football. We're just going to quickly touch on a couple of the news stories, because I'm sure by now everyone's sick of hearing us talking. So, uh, we're going to start off with the announcement of uh, next se- what's going to happen next season with the NPL competition. So, it's going to be a 15-team, 30-week season, yep. and there's been a couple of uh, announcements with relegation. Sunshine Coast Fire Survive, yes, Youth Laughter, and then um, you've got Power East and Gold Coast Knights in to replace Cairns and North Queensland United. Got the- yes. Got all that right? Yes. Do you mention Gold Coast Knights? Yeah, Power okay. East and Gold Coast Knights. Oh, good. I can't remember if I wrote them in or not. You did. Good. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm uh, about half a step above Ron, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> that's just step. about our level generally, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, we've got 15 teams. It's not a great setup in my mind, just because I don't know why we need the buys, but... Yes, that's 15 it, teams in the NPL and 11 in the FQPL, so... Yeah. To me, it feels like there could have been a... It, 14 and 12 would have made a lot more sense, but again, what do I know? I'm just an idiot sitting at the dinner table talking. Oh, look, I think a few people, I think, okay, I won't say more than a few people, are, are pretty sort of scratching their heads at how this has sort of evolved where we've got a situation where you've got two parallel competitions and two buys. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, um, I think, you know, Losing the Northern teams did, doesn't help, I think, for, for varying reasons. Um, we'll, we'll, start, we'll keep going yeah. on that then. Like, So the announcement that the two North Queensland sides yeah. are gone. I think the last time we recorded the North Queensland United one had been announced and we were waiting on yeah. Kansas City when that came through that they've also disbanded. So there's, the only Northern club now yeah. is Magpies Crusaders. Or is your, what do you call them? Magpies Crusaders, the season's over. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> you get back on to get you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god! Okay, he, 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 he said at Perry Park he's not going to hold you to that. So yeah. you're, you're in the clear. Yeah. So we've got. So that means basically, yeah. Sunshine Coast have uh, conceded despite winning what is it two games? One, One win game in the last forty-eight. 48. So eight points in the last two seasons. There's a Cleveland NFL team that would love to have that record, but eight. that's another story. That'd be close. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just play them two together. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got fifteen teams. I suppose. I think some of the local clubs will be glad that they're not having to travel all the way up to Cairns every, like, all couple of times a season. Don't, don't yeah, I think it's more the other way. I think, um, in a way, that you know, Cairns and North Queensland have to travel down to South East Queensland. I think, I think being a you know a amateur competition, I actually think that some of the um, the teams here in Queensland actually didn't in South East yeah. Queensland didn't mind going up to ta- Cairns and Townsville, especially weekend. in the middle of winter. Yeah. Exactly, so. that's say middle of July, of a nice weekend up in Cairns sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah. you'd rather play, you'd rather be playing yeah. in Cairns than out at Redlands with that wind. Yes. yes. Yeah, so no, I do get your yeah. point. Yeah, so the uh, so thing we were talking about before we started this segment was, so now they've got to find room for four more games. Yeah, yeah. So where are they going to come from? Well, that's very very interesting. We'll see what happens when the draw comes out because I don't think they can push the season back any further given the national final series, which we're going to touch on. Soon. There's no there's no gap between the NPL Queensland finals and the start of the national finals. So unless that that final series moves back, there's no room that way. So it's either midweek games or you start. Even earlier again, I think it started the first week of February this year, so there's not much 
there's not a lot of room to move the season forward either. So I think it's going to have to be midweek. I do think that potentially that of these NPL clubs, I think they might be playing over over Easter, yeah. over um, what's the other public holiday? Not Anzac Day. There's another place. Labor, Labor Day. Labor Day, yeah. yeah. And and yeah, because I think that's where you'll find too. I think I think yeah, where traditionally, especially here in Queensland, those those long weekends have been no games. Yeah. So I think I think that those or catch up weekends. Yeah, catch up weekends yeah. they call them. Um. Yeah. So I think you'll lose two games there. Look, you may they may extend it out because I think Victoria MPL Victoria may have the benchmark where their grand finals are now is the weekend of the, well, this year, the weekend 23rd of September. So that may, you may find two games there, but um, yeah, 30, 30 game season, it's going to be, it's going to be a packed schedule. I would not be surprised at all to see if there are a couple of midweek games. Mm. I feel like there's just going to be a couple of weeks where they just have to bite the bullet and say, all right, Wednesday, seven o'clock. It may, it may not, it may not even be a full, a full round, maybe scattered across, but also as well, you've got, you also have, you know, FFA Cup qualifiers, Yep. Sprinkled amongst that, um, so so yeah. Look, even though the NPL clubs do come in a late stage, um, at some point they came in earlier this year than previous years as well, though. So four, I think yeah. So yeah. that's good. It does congest the schedule even further. But they did have a weekend set aside for the two round seven games. If you remember, they had the whole weekend free, just those two that games. That probably can't do that weekend. next year. Probably won't be able the to weekend? have a. The, week. the round seven qualifiers. That's the right. um, Peninsula yep. and Ly- Alliance That's Peninsula right and yeah. City. Yeah, we covered, we covered both games. The... Probably won't be able yeah. to have a weekend set aside purely for that that's anymore. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. Now great, I remember. Great weekend, that. That was Football. awesome. I don't remember much of it because I was doing marathon training there. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side story. You don't, you don't remember Olympic and City? Oh, that was that weekend. That weekend, yes. Yeah, that game. Yeah. yeah. I don't, most of June is a large blur to me <laughs> yeah. because of the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. But that's another... Yeah, again, that's just me. Alright, so you mentioned the National Final Series, and coming up this weekend, Lions are playing, and I'm just trying to find the draw here in the run sheet. They're, They're playing, playing Edgeworth. Edgeworth, Saturday night at Lions Stadium. Now, you two will be there for that. And what are you expecting from this game? Well, I win. Ex- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Adam. <laughs> no, you're I love the simple analysis. No, I've got something for me, go. simple analysis. I was going to be a little more... So flesh it out a little bit, but yeah, look, I expect Lions to win. Um, look, they're they're going to be. Um, it will be interesting to see where where their heads are as far as like they, like Warren Moon did say in his interview that and a few and and the other guys as well. Um, they'd say they could go out and win. And look, you expect them to beat Edgeworth, but then again, yeah. Yeah. If, if the NPL Grand Final was the Grand Final as such, you know, it, I wonder just how much it take to get up for for this, you know, in. When all said and done, so but look, you'd expect them to win. Yeah, well, history is on their mm-hmm. side because in the MPL final series, the Queensland teams are three and zero against Northern New South Wales clubs. Palm Beach beat Western Workers 2014, Morton Bay beat Edgeworth 2015, and last year's Strikers beat Edgeworth. And while this series has been going on, no Queensland team has ever never failed to make the semi final. Yeah. So, so, so pretty on. much everyone's got through the first round of the round of it. So it's it's highly likely that the Queensland teams will. Lions will beat Edgeworth. And if you could, and if you extend that out further to the FFA Cup, Strikers beat Broadmeadow Magic. Um, the FNQ are the only team we've lost to a team. They're the only team we've lost. The only Queensland NPL team we've lost to a Northern New South Wales team in this sort of competition, and that was 2016. No, it's, I, think, I think it's one out of eight. And I think FNQ so, were a long way down yeah. the ladder that year, so. So just the other one was Morton Bay beat Broadmeadow last year as well. So they're one for seven. 
So something going yeah. for, so so Queens, something uh, for the Queensland. I do. Th- I don't. If, if more serious, I do think Lions are a better team than they do at the Eagles. Lions have been tremendously strong all season. I think they've they seem to be really set for this. Competing on the national stage, they were all talking about it on Sunday. They're really up for it. They want to get back to that national stage. And actually, Warren Moon mentioned there's an FFA Cup spot on the line. Yeah. Which is absolutely, if you can qualify for the FFA Cup now, that would alleviate the. Pre- we we're just talking about <laughs> just heavy schedule next year. If you don't have to do FFA Cup qualifying, you're already three, in. Three, four, five games. Absolutely. That's exactly right. There we go. And that's one thing that has kind of stuck out to me about Warren Moon is the fact that he's done a very good job keeping his side focused. Like as yep. things have gotten very busy for them. Yeah. Oh, look, I expect nothing less. And that, that's the thing. Is it's just it's just a matter of whether they, you know, they like they've played a lot of minutes. Yeah. In the last couple of weeks, yeah. that might be the only thing whether fatigue starts taking in. Yeah. But I think that in fairness, so of Edgeworth. Yeah, exactly. No, like I said, they and they they coming off a loss to Broadmeadow Magic, I, I believe, last yep. weekend there in their grand final. So they may be on the sort of down downward. You know, I think Lions winning, winning the way it did. I think they might be so. But I think on paper, I think Lions win easy. Is this Daniel McBreen's team, by the way? It is. So if it goes to penalties, you know, it's just more... get Theo behind the goal yelling no, at him. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Boring yeah. or save, it'll be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, and then the winner will play host to Heidelberg United next Tuesday night. So if, you know, best case scenario does happen for Lions, the, it doesn't get any lighter, does it? No, it doesn't. But the important thing is that if you want to win games quite comfortably in this competition because it's based on a point system, home qualification. The more games you win, the more goals you score, the earlier you win the game, the more points you get. That's why Strikers able to host the grand final last year. The only reason why the hosting is guaranteed this year for Heidelberg is because of the fact that they've had to change the draw. They have their semi-finals and finals in Victoria. They've had to say this game is on this date, so they've been drawn as the away team as a consequence. Fair enough. Yeah, but that's it's, so it's that's actually, a bit of a lucky break for Lions there. It is. It's also a shame. I think um, it's a shame as well that, that because of scheduling that you know this game is going to be on Tuesday night. Yeah. You know, sort of buried away with everything else because it's. Probably the two of the better teams at MPL level. Yep. Um, look, that, that's going to be a tough one for Lions if they get through as well. I think, mind you, a, a quick dash up on Tuesday night from Melbourne might be easy as well. So that that could be even as it is. Yeah. Will be. All right. So we're going to move on now to a couple of raw stories that have come oh, out. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> Don't worry, they're yeah. still in preseason. <laughs> yeah, they're still going. Around. We're not quite. We're not quite in A League season form yet. No. So we'll just quickly go through all this. Uh, the Raw did play a one-one draw away to Melbourne Victory in Morewell. I believe they did that as well last year and lost. Or was that? Uh, it, was, it was last year because we were at the Raw Sports Federation. What was it? That's right. I think it was. So they... In regional Victoria, yeah. it's all the same. So, uh, goals from Broxham and Taggart, uh, 20th and 22nd minute, and Toby Mickelson was sent off late on. That was, uh, that was impressive. <laughs> you can't say he's not committed. And also, we should just say thanks to Durga for the stream. Our raw supporters in Melbourne. Our raw fans in Melbourne. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I know at least two of us have actually been to a game in Melbourne. They, they do a bang-up What are you trying to say? There. Are you saying I should travel actually, more? Yes, should. <laughs> actually, that was a funny thing, though. Uh, Adam and I were actually at the same game in December 2012 before we even knew each other. <laughs> yeah, and look, that, like I said, it's always, I wish I could get down to Melbourne a lot more. Look, that, those guys do an excellent job. But if you're ever down in Melbourne, make sure you hook up with uh, yeah, I, raw, raw fans of Melbourne because they do a great job. I was hoping to be down in Melbourne for an A-League game, but then they pushed the start of the season back two weeks and the marathon doesn't coincide with it now. Well, you should get the marathon pushed back for two weeks. It'll be fine. That's I'm sure I... you can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did also think a Socceroos game would happen as a consequence, but maybe not. Anyway, uh, so the Raw have got a game 
coming up against Pen Power this Saturday up at Redcliffe. That's where I'll be while you two are at Lions. Yep. Five uh, o'clock a- kickoff. Five o'clock, that's right. Uh, they've also got games against BPL All-Stars September 29th, Young Socceroos October 4th, Plus Series, Team Hingit versus Team Bortiak internal game on September 19th. And according to the Raw's Facebook page, that will actually be the launch of the new Kit Night as well. Oh, good. A nice double event out there next Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to the well, Kit. Are we Team Hingit or Team Bortiak? That's the important question, right? Who's been on the show? It's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah, Team Hingit. Then that's it. That settles it. I endorse Team Hingit. that settles it. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> uh, so I uh, just got this message from the Raw Supporters Federation as well because they're involved with the active part of the uh, kit launch. Uh, for everyone's going next week to the Logan Kit Launch and wants to be a part of the action, make uh, make sure you sign up for a ticket as an active participant. That means you'll be in the video, get to wave flags, and see the kit before everyone else, and buy it first if you want. So, uh, it's at rawkitlaunch.eventbrite.com.au. We'll share that out on our socials as well, yep. because it's going to be a pretty big event by the sounds it of sounds it. sounds like it's to be a really big event, the way they're launching it. They've it's gone the big build-up for it, that's for sure. Yeah. So, it'll yeah, be interesting. The cryptic videos, and it's quite a, you know, it's, it's quite a lot of hype around it, but I think, but I think um, just in general, I think you know, the Raw have to be commended, I think, and Raw Sports Federation as well, that you know, it, it has been a... Yeah, you know, a decent build-up season. And like I said, just the marketing stuff that's going on, the videos, the the social media, it's it's been great. Yeah, the social account's been really good this preseason, actually. Yeah, the way like they've it. plugged things, it's been yeah. quite interesting. But mind you, I think I think I think um, league-wide, just in yeah. general, I think the social media side thing, I think there's been a real importance on that, and I think it's really sort of, you know, in, in most part, it's really sort of, you know, take it to another level. Yeah, absolutely. So, well. Because I'm a bit of a kit nerd, I'm actually trying to work out what's going to be happening with the kit next year. So they're going with the tagline "Black is back." So I'm going to guess that the uh, oh, orange kit's pink. Com- Wait, could it be pink then if black is back? I'll take. Oh, yeah. Actually, wouldn't mind a pink. You're colour blind, so you could tell you it's any colour. It'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, you could. I might actually have to check with someone on Wednesday night <laughs> what it actually is. But no, you're probably right. There'll probably be a, a black kit in there somewhere. Well, David Puri actually said that at the Supporters Federation yep. event back in January that they were going to be going back to orange and black for the home kit. So yep. I'm looking forward to it. I think I think it's a pretty yeah. unanimous from the fans. I think it's a pretty unanimous, you know, tick of approval. I think that it needs to be orange and black. Look, yeah. The real like, question is, will we see the maroon kit back again this yeah. season? That's interesting. We've had yeah. what is it three years now of the maroon kit? Well, that's one thing that I'm kind of. That's uh, no, two years, but okay. I'm kind of curious about how that's going to go because. I've got a gut feeling the away kit is going to be black. Just yeah. like uh, I'm pulling this out of God knows where right now, but I reckon it's going to be a black away kit. So if they do have a maroon kit, do you really want two dark kits as your alternates, or well, do you want to go for a lot? Well, they did give the black kit a rest and they brought the maroon in, didn't they? It was um, orange, then white, and then maroon, right? So they wanted to have one lighter color. Yeah, so you have a light alternate, yeah, and a dark alternate, oh, which white, a white with maroon trim for a third kit. I'm just putting it out there. Ooh. I'm not. I reckon I, I haven't got any inside information, but I reckon that that would look nice. We should so be fashion designers, right? Jeez, oh, <laughs> that's a bit much. <laughs> I wouldn't quite go that far, yeah. to be fair. I 
I actually quite like football that Football kit designers, maybe. Fashion, probably not. Well, football kits are fashion now. Mind you, if anything that, like the uh, Everton third kit by Umbro, I'd be very, very happy with that. It'd be, take my money. Yeah, I've certainly been keeping an eye on the uh, uh, European clubs that have been launching Umbro kits, mm-hmm. trying to see if there's any hints in the templates. And yep. There are a couple that, if they do happen to follow those, I'll be very, oh, very yeah. happy. Okay. But, um, yeah, I've got to admit, last year I did quite like... I did like the blue kit. It was something different. And yep. It was very I'm different, a, I'm yeah. a proud owner of the blue kits, so... Yep. I do admit, like, the, I, I'll give them credit for trying something different with the orange and white, but it just didn't... No. Nah, nah, it didn't, didn't quite work. Didn't pay off. Risen Raw is orange and black, that's end of story, so... Big yeah. tick in my, my book. I would also... I would also say, like, what really got me was that first home game against Adelaide, when it was orange with white shoulders and white shorts against a team in white shirt, white shorts. That was a very bright encounter on the pitch. Yes. So, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. I'm Be interested good. to see what uh, they go with, but... I look forward to seeing the new kits next week. Absolutely. All right. Uh, and the final story that we're going to touch on is the W League. The draw is finally out. The Raw are opening the season at Suncorp against Perth Glory on October 28th, which is the same day as the A-League side play Wellington. Wellington. So, that'll be a double header there to get out yep. to. We quite enjoyed those last year. So overall, they've got two home games at Suncorp, three at Lions Stadium at Richlands, and one at Dolphin Stadium, Redcliffe. Yep. So, unfortunately, the Dolphin Stadium one is on a Thursday night, isn't it's it? It's a Thursday night, the last working week before Christmas, so I would prepare your travel early. Yeah. I can imagine there'll be a lot of people driving up the coast in that general direction on that Thursday afternoon. So I'll be, I'll be very interested to see what sort of crowd. We saw them get you know, 6,500 for the FA Cup game. And like, we, you can't expect that... Well, Look, maybe it will, but uh, the expectations will be if you can get, you know, 3,000 on Thursday night, which is, yeah. uh, uh, more generally speaking, which is an issue of, you know, as far as the draw in general, it will be Thursday night football for the W League in prime time. And those Fox games Sports. are to be shown live on Fox Sports, yeah. Mm, yep. So, and, and, the, and the great thing as well, I'm probably jumping ship here as well, is that, um, that every game... Yeah. Of the W League, that's one of our biggest complaints Finally, this show, after 10 that, seasons, they've managed to... Secure it. Which will make covering it on our accounts a little bit easier. Just a little bit easier for people trying to watch. Away games not shown on Fox. You're not relying on a Twitter feed anymore. No, at, least, at least one of us has got the MyFootball app and the yeah. full, full access. Yeah, I've got to work it's out. It's finally it. paying off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So we're looking forward to the W League season. We will yep. do a full W League and A League season preview coming up in a few weeks' yep. time, I think. We've got to hash all of that out and try and line up our schedules and everything. Sound about right? Yep. But for now, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Adam. Good to see you again, James. Adam. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Brad, are you okay? And we will be back in a few weeks to look ahead to the A-League season because pre-season is finally almost over. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you later.